0: we live. Five, four, three, two, one. There we go. Boom. Hello, everybody. How are you? There we go. Yeah. So, welcome to politics, culture, and some other shit. The podcast. I hope you're well uh, and enjoying the. End times this Armageddon that we're all currently suffering under. Although, not as bad as some. Spain and Portugal is fucking nuts, man. But, uh, yeah, I'm sitting out in the studio, so, and all the doors and the windows are open, so if you hear, you know, dogs barking and people playing football in the park behind me, it's okay, that's what it is. Although this mic's kind of good at mate don't think it's going to pick all that stuff up uh, but if it does that's what it is so welcome to the podcast like share subscribe please if you would be so kind I really appreciate that um, yeah and head over to patreon if you uh, if you want to lend me your support uh, and if, if not it's fine too because you're going to hear this anyway um really appreciate that bit though uh, three pound a month. That's it for everything. Anyway, uh, oh yeah, and I want you to go and listen to if you haven't listened to the last podcast, which I dropped on Friday. I was talking with Darren Matthews. I was out in my bike today, and uh, I always kind of try and listen to at least parts of uh, the podcasts that I do, just to to try and be professional, you know, to make sure that I uh, uh, th- th- there's nothing. Going on in them that I should be aware of, you know, technically. I'm talking about uh, that there's no technical issues with them. And I listened to the whole thing. It was brilliant hearing Darren talk. I really appreciated it. And obviously, I was in the room at the time when it was going on. But, you know, you're, to listen back in a conversation like that, it's great. And Darren's a lovely, really, really good guy. I'm going to get him on more. I'm going to, I'm determined to do that. And uh, yeah, he's great. So go and listen to the last podcast. Again, you can get it over in the Patreon. Or in your podcast app, uh, politics, culture, and some other shit. You can search for that. we get the link in the thing. And then, oh, so I've just come, literally just finished a conversation with uh, Ben Collins, author of this book. Give me a second and I'll throw the picture up for you. Uh, oh, God, I should have had it in the thing. Should have had it up already, actually. <laughs> sorry, stay with me, stay with me, stay with me. Sorry about that. There it is. So, I'll grab this. Yeah. Where the fuck is it? Oh, sorry. There we go. Sorry, I'm just pulling a picture of um, Google images. And I'm going to throw it up now. So. Yeah. Yeah grab it and then you can see who it was talking to and I'll tell you about it and then it's, a, it's brilliant. I had a great conversation. Really, really good. The sort of conversations that uh, there it is. So Ben Collins comes from an, uh, a unionist uh, background. Uh, a unionist Protestant background. You know. And um, this is the sort of this is a sort of conversation, sort of people I want to talk to, more people like this. Uh, it was brilliant, I really loved it. And we talked right up to the, as it was like to 10 to eight there, and we started this at eight o'clock. And I had to obviously pull up, although we were w- over the hour as it was, so I would have been pulling the plug on it anyway. But I could have talked to him all night. Great guy, really, really liked what he had to say. And we need more people like him, obviously. Not just the fact that he's from an Ulster Unionist uh, Protestant background, but because he talks so well about about the subject, and he, he uh, he's... Ah, shit, I meant... Ah, God damn it, there was a question I wanted to ask him. Why did he decide to write the book and put his head above the parapet? And so I must ask him that. I'll maybe send him a wee message and get that in the notes. Um. So, I was talking to him right up until about 10 minutes ago, and it was brilliant. I'm going to drop that with you at the weekend. Um, yeah, so it was brilliant. I really liked it. It was great. So, there we go. That uh, down again. Demos on the live stream here. The new microbreweries and tap room sound class in the Darn Matthews pod down with the frothy pints of Foster's. <laughs> Absolutely. You're right, so yeah, so in the last podcast um, that I dropped on Friday, talking with Darren, we cover everything really, you know, we cover sort of, he's a member of the East Belfast GAA and all that, and he's 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 a part of the, he's one of the organisers of it, and um, we talk about that, we talk about his craft beer thing that he's got going on, you're going to have to listen to it, it's really good. Now, we talk about politics, we talk about uh, football GAA stuff, uh, and... We talk a lot about comedy. Uh, Darren is a stand-up comedian, as you probably know from listening to this podcast. So yeah, so it's really it was good. So go and check it out. I would urge you to go and check that one out. I enjoyed that one a lot. I enjoy them all, you know. But I don't always listen to the whole thing. But it was sort of I was on the bike, and uh, I just w- was out cycling, and I fucking want to listen to this, just to check it out. But it didn't turn it off. It was that good. So there you go. Go and have a listen. So. Let's do this. The first thing I wanted to talk to you, I wanted to, show, I wanted to show you this little thing. We're going to call this a wee shorty. It's not a political thing at all. It's got nothing to do with politics. It's, um, as you know, I'm a cyclist and uh, I'm following the Tour de France closely. Oh, by the way, DMO I uh, meant to say to you, I asked him your questions. So you'll be, you'll, you, I know you listen anyway, so you'll be, you'll be pleased to hear that Ben answered your questions. Uh, in a, in a in, well, with good insight from, from well, top insight I would say. So yeah, just so tackle it out. right. So I'm going to share this with you. As you know, I follow the Tour de France. All right, as you know, I'm a cyclist and I'm closely following the Tour de France right now. And the other day, there's so many. This year's Tour de France is so exciting. It's just, it's really, really good one. Um, sometimes it can be a bit boring. Um, this isn't one of those years. And I tend to favour the One Day Classics in April, uh, around in March, April, May time anyway, uh, up in Belgium and the Netherlands and that. But uh, I follow the Tour de France anyway because I'm a geek. But th- it's great to see that this year is it's been lit up. And this was one of the things, this happened on... Friday, I believe, and it was this young man he's an English cyclist called Tom Pedcock. He's only he's young, he's like twenty three, and he's a uh, current current uh, world under twenty three mountain bike champion and current world cyclocross champion, I think. So he's you know he's got a palmarius on him already, and he attacked on the descent of Alpe So they climbed up Alp No. It was a telegraph, I think it was a telegraph. They, they climbed up one side of this mountain, and then he attacked on the descent, right? So there was riders in front of him, way in front of him. Watch this, and I know the people listening to this aren't going to see it, but I'm going to play this anyway because it's just too fucking good. So check this out, and if you, if you want to know if you're listening to this and you want to know what I'm talking about, go over to the YouTube and have a have a, have a watch of this. Do you see what you think? Uh, so here's Tom Pitcock descending. It's it's just a, a one minute. Uh, Edit. Check it out. Yeah. Here it is. There we go. What's this? Watch him go around here. Where do you see this? Watch this. Watch this. Going around this guy. Oh, my God. There's a camera motorbike. is just about able to keep up with him. This is amazing. There you go, and he. Now, one of the reasons that that's so remarkable, the 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 the, the, the skill of that man is unbelievable. He's only he's only young fella. He's like twenty three, young fella, right? But he's so small. I've left it up on the screen there, he's so small, he's a really really small guy he, I'd say he'd be like six, seven stone ringing wet this guy Eight stone, I, I don't even think he would be So on a descent he must he would have a natural uh, disadvantage against all these raiders And you can see as he goes past these raiders, these are Tour de France climbers So they're not big guys either, but they're massive compared to him You can see him as he goes past, he goes past this guy now Look, you can see the physical size difference between those two men Right? So, Pedcock must have, or has a natural disadvantage, because he doesn't have that extra weight to help you propel him down these uh, mountain roads. And he just cuts through these guys like butter. Well, his fluidity on the bike, and throwing that bike about, as my friend Pete PG uh, said poetry in motion, and it really was. And he went on to win the stage, which is, which is his uh, it's his debut at the Tour de France and it's his debut win. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, and I, I just wanted to share that with you uh, at the start of the podcast, just because it's so it was, it's so beautiful. I, I you know I'm a big sports nerd and all the rest of it. So yeah, Rev says on YouTube here, that uh, Pedcock descent the other day was incredible. Yes, it was, my friend. I love Le Tour, my favourite sporting event of the year, and my favourite three weeks of the year, there you go. Uh, Kenny McConaughey, who owns the bar, the Woodville, around the corner from us, he was on up uh, d'Aubes the other day, him and a load of the boys from around here all went, they were on the mountain for like five days getting drunk, <laughs> it was brilliant, but yeah, ah oh Jesus, there he is, look at that, oh my was So, I was watching it, I was, I was shouting to the TV, Rev, I'm sure you were too, I was going, I can't believe what I'm watching, and you know what, he re- the last time I saw someone descend that well, that you were going, holy shit, this is remarkable, the last time I remembered, I and I'm sure there's been, there's been many occasions, because these guys, there's, there's, there's lots of great bike handlers out there, was um, Fabian Cancellara. Do you remember him? Uh, Paris-Roubaix and Tour of Flanders and time World Time Trial champion, numerous occasions. And he stopped on one of the mountains on a descent to uh, replace his, his rear wheel, got a puncher. And he, just, he was so calmly, just waited for the car to replace the, the puncher. And then he just jumped back on and just made up the extra time that he lost on the descent. So fluidly, it was so beautiful. Now, I think Pidcock's a better descender than even Cancellara. but yeah. So uh, yeah. So there we go. I thought I would share that with you. And uh, yeah, it was good. It was good. If, I don't know if you're watching the tour. uh, it's very very good one well, this year. I don't know. It's not everybody's cup of tea. I, I know it's it's a niche sport and all the rest of it. But for obviously Rev is a cycling nerd, much like myself. And uh yeah. Oh, absolutely breathtaking you can go by the way I'm showing you here the this little edit you can watch the full Descent uh, on YouTube it's, and it's, it's worth it it's just a few minutes and it's really it'd be worth your time if that impresses you you should go and watch it it's fucking fantastic so there we go that's Tom Pidcock being class I do like him he's very very good very very good there we go ok so, what are we going to talk about? So we're going to talk about a few things. John Bolton. More. Well, let me get the, the thing up for you. So we're going to talk about a few things, but they're all connected to coup d'etat and things like that, okay? So uh, we're going to talk about the coup d'etat that the U.S. mainly have been carrying out in Latin America. And we're going to start with this so John Bolton was on CNN the other day and he let me just put this thing up there where, where is the yeah well that's not it but he was on the on CNN the other day Oh, here we go. That's what I am looking for. There. No, it's not that one. Sorry.
1: <laughs>
0: um. Oh God's sake. It's here. It's here. I'll throw it up now. Separate. So he was on CNN the other day, and he basically said the quiet part out loud. Uh, uh, you know, and you, you you don't you don't do that. <laughs> You, you don't do that. That's not something that you do. And one of the things that I've noticed recently, I'm sure you have too, is there's more and more of this stuff happening of these guys, these security state officials, act security state officials, or whatever, sort of saying these things out loud. And I've got another example of, of that. Um getting this tidied up on the screen there for you. So this is the article I'm going to be reading from. So... Uh and it it belies to me the brazenness of of these people that they can uh that they can just openly say things like what you're about to hear. And there's a confidence, there's a confidence there that they can say they can just say this the quiet what we call the quiet part out loud and just get away with it. So Yeah So demo here On the YouTube Do them professional cyclists Have a spur wheel ready For flat tyres Or do they have to Whip out a basin and water And, and some spoons Your ma's spoons are all bent in the drawer And hook the tube out Like your dad used to do Yeah Oh yeah Yeah Very good I remember that Every spoon in our house Was fucking bent Should drive my mother nuts. God rest her. So, here we go. So, John Bolton, check this out. Now, he's talking to Jack Topper, not a porn name.
2: It's actually a host on CNN. Check it out. Hear what he says. On the committee, the commentators, that somehow this was a carefully planned coup d'etat aimed at the Constitution. That's not the way Donald Trump does things. It's rambling from one Half vast idea to another, one plan that falls through and another comes up. That that's what he was doing. As I say, none of it defensible. But you have to understand the nature of what the problem of Donald Trump is. He's to use a Star Wars metaphor, a disturbance in the force, and it's not an attack on our democracy. It's Donald Trump looking out for Donald Trump. It's a once in a lifetime occurrence. I don't know that I agree with you to be to be. Fair, with all due respect, uh, one doesn't have to be brilliant to attempt a coup. Uh, I disagree with that. As somebody who has helped plan coup d'etat, yeah. not here, but Sorry, you know, no. other places, uh, it takes a lot of work. And that's not what he did on the committee, the commentators. So, somehow. So you heard what you said. Like, I'm going to go through this and pause
0: it as, as I go, right? Because there's so many things. Uh, just in this
2: short clip, this thing is 50 seconds long. Check it out on the committee, the commentators, that somehow this was a carefully planned coup d'etat aimed at the Constitution. By the way, they're talking about the January the 6th things,
0: uh, the January the 6th riots that happened in, in, in Washington on January the 6th, obviously, when they broke into uh, the, the Senate, didn't they? The protesters. That dude looked with the... the, the sh- what did they call him? The Q-shaman with the funny hat and all? Uh, I thought he looked quite fetching. <laughs> I like this look, you look like a fucking lunatic. So we're talking about that. So he's sort of saying, this is not, we call it a coup. The liberal media are calling it a coup. He's going, isn't this, this is not a fucking coup? I've done coup, that's not a coup.
2: That's not the way Donald Trump does things. It's rambling from one half vast idea to another. One plan that falls through and another comes up. That, that's what he was doing. As I say, none of it defensible. But you have to understand the nature of what the problem with Donald Trump is. He's, to use a Star Wars metaphor, a disturbance in the force. And it's not an attack on our democracy. It's Donald Trump looking out for Donald Trump. It's a -a once-in-a-lifetime occurrence.
0: This whole Donald Trump thing, don't get me wrong, Donald Trump... Donald Trump was with Donald Trump is. Yeah, I, I clearly am not a Donald Trump supporter, fan of, of him or, or people like him. But the US media and elite class, and I don't like using that word elite when referencing these people, the only thing they are elite, it seems to me, is elite, elite levels of, they display as elite levels of greed. But Donald Trump is a symptom of the system that, that threw him up, to use a phrase from Chris Hedges, the system created him. And if the system doesn't fix itself, it's going to create another one of him. You know, Donald Trump's not going away. <laughs> you know, he's... he's uh, Clearly he's not going away. There's talk about him running again in 2024. 20, and if it's not going to be him, it's going to be somebody else just as bad or maybe worse. So, uh, John Bolton, who is a... a vile, a vile monster of a man, is actually pains me to say it I actually agree with him in the sense that he's saying this is not a coup this wasn't a coup I think it wasn't coup. it was a disorganized it's not a coup it's not it's not legal it's wrong what they did was right but it's not a coup right so but we do hear what Jack Tapper says here so Jack Tapper is talking to John Bolton who he knows who John Bolton is? He knows that John Bolton is a man that has organized coup d'état and is a vile monster. But listen to what he, he disagrees. Listen to what he says. I
2: don't know, that I what I don't know that I agree with you. To be, to be uh, fair, with all due respect, uh, one doesn't have to be brilliant to attempt a coup. What
0: the Fuck with Jack Tapper, know about attempting a coup. What, what what would, what would he know? But this is him trying to. He, he, he's one of the media voices that's claiming that this is a coup. That this January the sixth thing was a coup attempt. Don't get me wrong. If, if I suppose if somebody had got in and they knew that there were certain people trying to get into certain offices and certain chambers and stuff. I'm not saying that they wouldn't have done anything horrible, but it's not a coup. What would they have done? They would, you know, they like can't. The monkey a keys to the car. They didn't. They wouldn't have known what to do. So. But Jack Tapper sitting there, disagreeing with someone who he knows has organized coup. Many of them,
2: probably still involved in a few. Uh, I, disagree with that. I, I disagree with that. As somebody who has helped plan coup d'état, yeah, not here, but you know, other places. Uh, it takes a lot of work, and that's it's, not what. He- <laughs> As somebody
0: who has helped plan coup d'état, not here, obviously. He's, he's getting that out there. Jack Tapper doesn't fucking push back on this. I, I, there's more to this interview, and he doesn't go. Sorry, what? You've organised coup? Where? What do you mean by that? I'm gonna, I'm gonna challenge. No, I'm going to challenge you. Instead of, he challenges him on whether a coup d'état is difficult or not, but doesn't challenge him. Doesn't challenge him on the fact that he's admitted live on TV that he's organised coup d'état. Right? Unbelievable. So what is a coup d'etat? We know. I, know. I know you know. We're going through this, right? Let me get... Uh, so here... Demo on the YouTube says, Trump went downhill badly after appearing at Home Alone 2. Clock was ticking on Macaulay Colton as well. T- too. <laughs> You're right. That's <laughs> uh, Imagine peeking at Home Alone 2. Yeah. So there is a diagram on the screen. I'll point. I'll show you. I've got it up on my screen so I can read it. I have it somewhere. Yeah. So it is a list of coups d'état that the U.S. has carried out in Latin America. In now, it, the the title of the it says fifty. There's been fifty six military interventions in Latin America, but it doesn't go back for me. It does, this diagram doesn't go back far enough. So it goes back to uh, number one here, Venezuela. You in two thousand and two. Why does it start there? I don't know why it starts there. But the, uh, the farthest that goes back on the diagram is Puerto Rico, 1950. Now, we know that... So maybe it's the official de- what they were, the official definition of a coup. Maybe that's what it is. But nonetheless, we won't argue about semantics. This is a fucking impressive, in a horrible fucking vile way, uh, list. And I don't know if the boys can see it on the screen, but uh, Venezuela, 2002... U.S.-backed coup, kills civilians, kidnaps President Hugo Chavez before the Venezuelan people forces return. Uh, Number two, Puerto Rico, 1950, holding the island as a colony since then. Since uh, since 1898, the U.S. helps crush a rebellion demanding independence. Number three, Guatemala, 1954, CIA directs bombing, invasion, and coup after newly elected government nationalises the United Fruit Company. Lands. Uh, after the, the, the newly elected government nationalises the United Fruit Company. So we know that, you know, Fife's Bananas, the United Fruit Company, that they organised a coup in Guatemala to get the, uh, you know, over fucking bananas. People died. Uh, so there's... It's just a big list of that El Salvador, Honduras, Nicaragua, Panama, Chile, Haiti, and the big, the big famous one, uh, Cuba. See, uh, leads the Bay of Pigs invasion to to the people's revolution, but they are defeated by the Cuban people. So, it obviously that one didn't work. So. We have to understand what a coup is. No, a coup is, when we're talking about the US, the US is going to other people's countries and they're saying, we want your stuff, but we're not prepared to pay for it. We just want to take it. And then you set up your Political puppet governments, presidents, etc., etc. And then laws are drafted in favor of the favored companies, be the gas and oil companies. At the minute, um, Mexico has just renationalized, and we're going to get onto that as well. So, Mexico has just re-nationalized the lithium industry, not fully, but almost, I believe. So, I'm going to read this quick article here about. Uh, I'll pull it up on the screen for you as well. Yeah. Yep. Yep. There. Why is that not coming up? Called Coos and Neil Coos in Latin America. Okay, we'll go for another one. Yeah. There we go. So fiddly, it's really good, but kick your ass sometimes. Yep, so there it is. So, this is from a Venezuelan, uh, a publication called Venezuelan Analysis. Now, you might say that that's not a very non partisan uh, publication. I don't care, I'm not a non partisan. So, and this, no, I won't put that back. So there we go. So there's the article on the screen uh, by a guy called Juan Paz. Uh, I recently received an article entitled Coups and Neo-Coups in Latin America, Violence and Political Conflict in the 21st Century. By Carlos Alberto F- 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 Figueroa Ibera, a longtime friend and academic at the University of P- Puebla, Mexico, Okay. The authors say that since the 1980s, democracy in Latin America has asserted itself across the continent, so much so that the topic has become recurrent in the political sciences. However, during the first 17 years of the 21st century, new coups resurfaced, which they describe as neo-coups. During the 20th century, the the authors identified 87 coups in South America and the Caribbean, with Bolivia and Ecuador being the most hit countries, while Mexico has only suffered once. The greatest concentration of coups occurred in four decades (laughs) between 1930 and 1939 with 18 coups in, in South America, between 1940 and 1949 with 12, and 1960 and 1969 with 16, 1970 and 79 with 13. Between 1900 and 1909, and 1990 and 1999, the fewest coups occurred, three and one respectively. Finally, 63 coups were deemed as military led, seven civilian, eight civic military, six presidential self coups, and three military self coups. 77% of coups had marked influence of right wing ideology and party participation, and since the 60s, US intervention has been observed in several coups. Several coups, I think, is being very generous. The neo-coups of the 21st century are, however, different from the coups of the 20th century, and with distinct characteristics of the seven studied, four have been carried out by the military police, two which failed in Venezuela 2002 and Ecuador 2010, and two which were successful in Haiti. 2004 and Honduras 2009 (laughs) Likewise two parliamentary coups Paraguay and Brazil both successful one was a civilian state led coup Bolivia 2008 failed and three of them there is evidence of US intervention Haiti Bolivia and Honduras and okay he didn't mention Venezuela Let's see, hold on here, right? The intervention of the military police, or the military or police, took place in Venezuela, Haiti, Honduras, Ecuador, in Haiti, Bolivia, and Brazil. Large-scale concentrations of opposition citizen groups were preceded, preceded the coups, exerting political pressure. There were also other cases of subsequent concentrations in support of President Hugo Chavez and Rafael Correa which prevented the success of the coups against them. In the 3 years, in the 3 cases there was a clear intervention by the judiciary, Honduras against Manuel Zelaya, Paraguay against Fernando Lugo, and Brazil against Dilma Rousseff and also against the legisl- and also the legislative powers. Okay, this is getting a bit wonky. Alright, right. okay. Right. So, that's just a bit listy, isn't it? I'm just, ugh. I just... I don't, don't like reading that stuff because it's too boring. There is not a single coup d'etat led by leftist forces which reveals an equally new phenomenon that we're talking about in the, the 21st century. The entire left has accepted democracy as a political system and elections as an instrument through which they may come to power. Historically speaking... This phenomenon represents a continuation of Salvador Allende's and the Chilean popular unity's thesis, which trusted in the possibility of building socialism through a peaceful path. It is the political and economic right which have turned to neo-coup mongering with their discourse of defending democracy. And we're going to get to that. I may as well show you that right now. So I have another little video for you here. So check this out. So we're going to read that again. It is the political and economic right which have turned to neo-coup-mongering with their discourse of defending democracy. Now, that language of defending democracy, let's hear this American general lady. Let's hear what she says. You want to see this one? Class, all the medals. World. Turn that there put that up. Check this,
1: this region is so rich in resources, uh, rare earth minerals, lithium, the lithium triangles in this region. Uh, there are a lot of things that this region has to offer. The Belt and Road Initiative, 21 of the 31 countries are signatories. Over the last five years, 2017 to 2021, uh, investment, over 50 billion. I think it might be even closer to 100 billion of Chinese investment in this region. I think they're playing chess. Russia is also prevalent in this region, and I think they're playing checkers. I think they're there to undermine uh, the United States. They're un- they're there to undermine uh, democracies, and they all mean business. Whether they're playing chess or checkers, they're there to undermine democracy. And quite honestly, with all of the disinformation uh, and the uh, Russia Today, Espanol, Sputnik Mundo, over 30 million followers on Russia were on social media. I mean, this is very concerning. We have a lot of important elections coming up or just happened. uh, And we have to continue to stay engaged and concerned with this region.
0: So, that's, you heard... I, 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 another. This is another uh, saying the quiet part out loud, right? She shouldn't. You know, she's. Uh, we're defending democracy. We're worried about the region. China is investing in a hundred billion up to hundred billion in the re- Well, why are you not investing hundred billion? So, you, 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 your solution is to send someone that looks like a comedy general with all our medals on her. On her, on her jacket there for all the people that just killed, I guess. So you get that's what you get medals for being in the military. But anyway, we're going to come back to her. I going to play that again in a second. So back to the article. Where were we? Right, neo with their their discourse of defending democracy, and this is the thing with language. we must when you hear her talking, you must understand. The language, we must understand the language that they're using and that they're using against us. So they usually the touchy-feely language. We're defending democracy. We're doing, we're, we're the good guys, right? The, so back to the article. Those same right-wing sectors have not only sponsored soft coups, but but also promoted the use of two mechanisms that have been tremendously successful to them. Firstly, lawfare or legal war, used to pursue an appearance of an appearance of legality. Those who have served or identified with progressive governments, secondly, the use of the most influential media, but also of social media and their trolls, which were put at the service of combating populists and progressives and defend the interests of persecuting governments, business elites, rich sectors and transnational capital. These phenomena have been clearly expressed in Brazil against Inacio Lula da Silva, Dilma Rousseff and the PT Workers' Party, but also in Bolivia against Evo Morales and the mass movement to socialism in Ecuador, where writing forces have achieved the prosecution of Rafael Correa of figures of his government of the Corriestas. In Argentina, Alberto Fernandez's triumph stopped the legal persecution of Cristina Fernandez and Kurt cur, 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 I've said that wrong. Now back to the uh, Inacio Lula da Silva was the president of Brazil, who, ex-president of Brazil, who was basically jailed, uh, and because he's very popular, he's, a, he's a, he used to be a very very leftist guy, and he moved sort of closer to the centre, though he's still a leftist. And there's going to be an election held in Brazil soon, and he's expected to uh, to win that. So we'll see. So they use what they call for Put these people in jail, keep them out of the way. Right? You could say that's what's being done to Julian Assange. Right? Right now. Lawfare. He hasn't actually been prosecuted for anything, hasn't been found guilty of anything, but he's been jailed jail for how long? Uh, under threat of um, extradition. And no doubt pretty Patel is going to give him it. So back to the article. But there is finally a new element to be added to the neo mongering of the 21st century which is anticipated which is the anticipated coup d'etat. This has been inaugurated in Bolivia and Ecuador. In Bolivia, not only was the vote count suspended and Evo Morales forced to take refuge outside the country, but he and his party have been politically outlawed and every effort has been made to marginalize them from future elections. In Ecuador, all kinds of legal... I think Ivo Morales is in Mexico at the minute, isn't he? In Ecuador, all kinds of legal ruse has, have been used to prevent Rafael Correa's vice presidential, presidential candidacy, He was ultimately not admitted to not recognise his party and other forces that could sponsor him, as well as to make it difficult for the Korea-backed Andres Araúes. I don't know that name, sorry. I find it difficult to pronounce it. Uh, Andres Araúes, team to run for the presidency. Okay, sorry about that. Uh, It also has an equally unique characteristics of what happened in Chile, In Chile, despite the protests and social mobilizations as well as domestic and international political pressures, the political plot was finally manipulated in such a way that the plebiscite convened for October 2020 will not be for a constituent assembly which could dictate a new constitution, but for a constitutional convention which allows traditional forces to preserve their hegemony, According to the analysis carried out by the renowned researcher. Okay. So, there we go. We're going to call that last paragraph. It is, however, an an obvious, an otherwise obvious lesson in Latin American history when popular processes advance, the forces willing to liquidate them are also prepared. And finally, for these forces, democracy doesn't matter at all. Only saving business, private accumulation, wealth, and the social exclusiveness. Of the elites. Yeah. Absolutely. There we go. So we're going to get to this in a second. This is the Uber files. Have you heard about this? It's all sort of connected. Loosely connected. So, this American general lady, now she's talking, the reason she's talking about the what they call the lithium triangle, I think it's Bolivia, Chile, and Mexico. I think that's right Bolivia for sure Mexico for sure so I think the other one is Chile so I think that's there may be a few more maybe so I think that's what she's referencing but listen to, just listen to the language it's fucking vile
1: this region is so rich in resources uh, rare earth minerals lithium the lithium triangles in this region uh, there are a lot of things that this region has to offer. The Belt and Road Initiative, 21 of the 31 countries are signatories. Over the last five years, 2017 to 2021, uh, investment uh, over 50...
0: The Belt and Road Initiative that just talking about is the Chinese government's attempt to... Well, basically what they do is and they go in and they invest in your country... And they extract a price for that. I'm not saying that they're, they're, they're nice guys about it. I'm not saying whatever. I do remember listening to Yanis Varoufakis talking about it and he said he would rather deal with the Chinese than the Europeans or the Americans. Um, and he, he did have to whenever the, the, the uh, when Greece was uh, when Syriza got uh, elected and um, the Belt and Road initiative is basically they go in and they invest and they said, listen, can we go and mine, that mountain, or can we go and build an airport here and we'll take this and you take that, or can we, can we buy this port and we'll do this and we'll do that and it's sort of, it's making friends and influencing people really, and they're doing it all over, and this is where the Americans and the West in general because they haven't done that, because we've been we, you say we I, say the, I mean the West the, the Empire you know what I mean, we, we don't have this thinking, we don't think of going in and partnering up with these people we go in and take their shit Right. So and it's very, very successful for China. It's working very, very well. So the 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 West and the US specifically don't like that.
1: Billion. I think think it might be even closer to a hundred billion of Chinese investment in this region. I think they're playing chess. Russia is also prevalent in this region, and I think they're playing checkers. I think they're there to undermine uh, the United States. They're, un- they're there to undermine uh, democracies. And they all mean business. Whether they're playing chess or checkers, they're there to undermine democracy. And quite honestly, with all of the disinformation uh, and the uh, Russia Today, Espanol, Sputnik Mundo, over 30 million followers on Russia. But she
0: said, She's talking there about... Uh, Russia, RT, and Mundo, and all the, these these state broadcasters. We just literally watched John Bolton. Not, in, I don't know what his official title was. And he worked for uh, George W. Bush at one point, and, and, and under the Donald Trump administration, admit that he's helped organize coups live on CNN. The 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 so called um, the 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 biggest. News broadcaster in America. And he, he went on that show and just admitted that he's organized coup d'etars. And the lead anchor, Jack Topper, not a porn star name. Jack Topper didn't pull him, didn't go <laughs> Pardon me? What did you just say? You did you've done what? But she's roll it back here. She's given off about RT and Mundo and disinformation and it, what they call disinformation i don't think it is whatever state interests or state interests and if that's the whatever i'm not defending rt or anybody else it, it's up to them but you get the hypocrisy right that's what i mean to point out here is is the hypocrisy
1: but honestly with all of the disinformation uh and the uh russia today espanol sputnik mundo over 30 million followers on russia we're on social media. I mean, this is very concerning. We have a lot of important elections coming up, or just happened. We
0: have, uh, she's And an we have to
1: continue to stay engaged and concerned with this region. This region is so...
0: This is, she's, in America you have a thing called the Monroe Doctrine, which is this idea that the rest of the Americas is our backyard, our, this is our backyard, so therefore we are entitled to interfere in these countries their elections and so on and so forth. And that's why she can talk like this. And she's at a... This this conference that she's at is in South... Uh, or some in Florida. So let me just... Through... There... See... Oh. Right. Let me just... So much going on on the screen here It's very difficult to Sometimes to Stay on top of it So Yeah Okay I don't know what's going on There's a weird thing happening on the screen That I don't like But anyway I think I'll get rid of it So She is at a conference in Florida. There we go. Zoom in on the Yeah. General Richardson <laughs> made these remarks while sitting beside Avon Duque's US ambassador. And Carlos Vecchio, who claims to be Juan Guaido's diplomatic representative to the United States, at the 2022 America Summit hosted by Luis Almagro. So, here's here's some responses on Twitter. Almo, uh, who on his way out. Who, on his way out, is miraculously finding how to dance well in a club, showed us one reasonable way to deal with the resource lithium in a particular problem. So he basically nationalised the lithium. That's the president of Mexico. China is playing go. The US is feeling, feeding lead paint to everyone and sending meta headsets out. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so. Let's see. There's, oh, where's all of this? Here we go. This is the one. I show additional content, including those that have. No, it's not there. Ach, there was one that explained exactly about the, uh, the Belt and Road thing. So, but anyway, not to worry. Onwards. So, they're doing. They're organising coup d'état in order to. To do what? To steal wealth? That's all it is. That's that's just all it is. They're stealing wealth. End of fucking story. And uh, it's not. It's 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 weird. it's going on at the minute around the world? You can see the the, the US is hollowing itself out. Its massive military budget is its infrastructure is falling apart. Doesn't have healthcare. Its citizens. From the working class right through to the middle class are drowning in debt. Personal debt. And, uh, you know, it's just... It's fucked. I don't know. So that's what I meant. So I wanted to show you that. So that thing about the coups that's going on. John Bolton says that, Right out loud, doesn't get challenged. This woman, General Richardson, is, we've got a close eye on the region. And, they, you know, they're not saying that we're, we're going to go in there and help. we're going to go, if, if, if we want something and we see it not going our way. We remember a few years ago, well, he, only a couple of years ago, Elon Musk saying we coup who we want. And we're referencing the, the, the coup in Bolivia that happened. And that end ultimately ended up successful. So, you know, it's not okay. It's not okay to coup d'etat people. In my opinion, call me old-fashioned. I'm i one of those guys that thinks it's not okay to organise a coup d'etat. So, yeah, so there we go. So, i going to pull a plug on that one. And I'm going to, real quick, because I've been going for an hour, and an hour before that again. And I want to, right, you know what, we're going to go straight to the Tory leadership, because I was going to do this one for you, Um, uh, the Uber files, it's on the screen there now. So, about how Uber, there's been a whistleblower, and he's come forward, he's actually an Irish guy, but he's come forward and explained exactly what Uber have been getting up to. To put themselves into uh, into the markets of various countries around the world. And so much so to the point that even uh, Enda Kenny, it shows you here, who uh, was a transport uh, a minister for transport, Pascal O'Donoghue, uh, they ended up with their manifesto, parts of it with transport policy was written. By Uber, and that was a thing that happened, and uh, so this is this is the article here on screen. Um, it's from the BBC, but it goes into the big thing that happened was in France. Uh, the Uber files are a trove of more than 124,000 records, including 83,000 emails, and they explain exactly Uber's business strategy to get into the markets that they wanted to get into was they didn't seek for regulation or for permission they launched anyway and then it's the, 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 the you have a compliant political class who aren't really interested in stopping you and then eventually they just ended up but they didn't to be fair they don't they didn't they weren't successful everywhere they're not successful in the Republic of Ireland. As in, they have to be licensed. It's not just a private car share thing like it is everywhere else. But, uh, yeah. So I wanted to hit that, but it's, got, it's another article. It's a big thing. I am not going to go too long. So we're going to do this instead. We'll do this live. Is is going to be a new thing because I figured out how to do it. So Tory Leadership Latest. Typed it into the Googles. It's on the screen. And there it is. Wow. Modern technology. Look at that. Giro. Giro. What is that there? Class. Oh, I must tell you as well. I'll tell you at the end. So, the very latest, the very latest in the Tory leadership race, Rissi Sunak tops leadership poll as Tom Tug, Tugjob pulls out. Who's that? Tom Tugendhat? Oh, yeah. See, here we go. Rishi Sunak tops the Tory leadership poll as Tom Tugendhat pulls out of race. The thing with this is, Rishi Sunak, this is among the MPs and stuff. When this goes to the membership, apparently they don't like him. So the real favourites, people are saying, is between Liz Truss and Penny Mordant. Right? We all, which is amazing. So there's the the result of third ballot of Conservative MPs. Only four candidates will proceed to the next round. Rishi Sunak, hundred and fifteen, Penny Morden on second, Liz Truss on third. Now, Tom Tug Tug Tugjob has been eliminated with thirty one, as you can see there on the screen. Uh, but what that, as I said, it's expected that Rishi Sunak, because this goes to the members. Right, and this is another thing as well. The the fucking Tory. I only heard, heard became aware of this today. The Tory leadership is going to be decided in September. September? It's fucking July. We have another month and a half of this shit. So there's that. So back to the Tory leadership latest. The, the, Tory leadership, I'm going to d- t- type latest out of it. So Tom, so they down to four. All right, so the reason that came up was because the, the, the leadership results were at eight o'clock, just as I went live. So, and then third, so Tory leadership, third debate cancelled. I'll type that into the Googles and see what. Sky News cancels the Tory leadership debate after Sunak and Truss pull out. There's it there on the screen. Uh, following a bruising set of exchanges in the first two debates, so two of the three candidates currently leaving, leading the MPs ballots, Rishi Sunak and Liz Truss, have confirmed to Sky News that they do not do do not want to take part. Now, I personally think these debates are, a, are another ridiculous American import that don't do much, but. W- I do like a good bit of blue on blue valence, so I don't really mind. But that so there was supposed to be a third debate, and after the last one, got they, they were they got a bit nasty with it, so they decided that they didn't want to take part because it was making them look bad. <laughs> oh well, never mind. Hey ho, there we go. We'll get over it, right? So there you go. You're up to date with the. Uh, the latest in the the race to be the next Tory leader, which is just one ghoul after another, right? I don't see that affecting us in any positive way whatsoever, right? Over on the... uh, YouTube demo says, US coups with strong vibes of that Star Trekking song. We come in peace, shoot to kill. That's exactly... Isn't it? Isn't it just? That's exactly it. That's exactly it. Well, here, listen, I'm going to wrap it up. Thanks for joining me, boys, on the on the YouTube. And uh, the rest of you, this will be going out to you tomorrow morning, I think. Maybe I might get it out tonight. Um, aye, I think I'll get it out tonight. And uh, you can have it tomorrow morning. Demo says Christ, the Tories are screwed. If that's the best they've got, well, if, if that's the best they have to pick from, unfortunately, you think it's fucking us that are screwed. Don't, wouldn't you agree? Uh, it's it's it's, just, it's a fucking nightmare. And then again, you you haven't heard the the interview that I had with with Ben Collins on the Irish unity question. It was brilliant. He was talk he he he, he talked to that about um you know. These people don't govern for us. We're not in their we we're, we're we're not in their agenda at all. They don't care. It's you know we're being treated like shit by by monsters, and we need to uh, be away from them. Uh, very much a mantra that I have been the drum that I have been banging for for a very long time. So uh, yeah so there we go. I'll get this podcast out to you. Um, Mum, I might get it out tonight. I might go and get a turn of Guinness and just get this done. I need to put it through the the, the nice audio filters to make my voice sound all dead sexy, at all. So, <clears throat> yeah, so there we go. And don't forget to go over to uh, the Patreon, like, share, subscribe, do the whole thing. And, yeah. So you're going to have two podcasts this week and maybe more. If I can do it. But it won't be the Friday night. So we'll see what Friday night brings. So there we go. Cheerio! Cheerio day.